Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heroic Council. Today, we are doing part two on how to really maximize using video for your business. And Tim and I started this conversation last week. Parshal and I are going to do it today. I think Tim's going to hop on a little bit later. But uh, Parshal, are you ready to cue up that intro music for Let's us? Let's do it. I'm going to try my best. Here we go. This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. We did awesome. it. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So, Parshal, I know you were traveling last week, so I hope you had a, had a wonderful trip. Um, what we talked about last week was really prepping for working with a videographer, a photographer, you know, a vendor. And if you're the client thinking about the, the project at hand and what you really want to accomplish and what some of your goals are, because I think so often we think, oh, I, I need a video, but we don't really understand what we're trying to accomplish by making that. Maybe we want it because one of our competitors did it and it looks flashy or we saw something cute on social media, but really thinking about, you know, why are we doing this in the first place. So we really talked through that. We talked about budgeting. We talked about timeline, who your audience is, and really the promotional plan that you should have in place. Because if you make a video, but you don't have time to promote it, it's really like, you know, a tree falling in a forest. Nobody can hear it. So that's what we talked about this last week. This week, we're going to talk about qualities to look for in a vendor. And then really questions that you should be prepared to ask and also questions you should be prepared to answer. So first, I'd love to hear your commentary on, just in case we missed anything last week, like what should clients really be considering when they're prepping to work with a, with a videographer or a photographer like yourself? Yeah, I found that the more direct and the more clear as a client you are, the better and the more likely you are to get that result. So kind of the things that you guys talked about, having a plan, knowing exactly what the intent of it is and how it's going to benefit you. Um, all of those like all fall into place for sure. Uh, my phone is like <laughs> beeping <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I think it's uh, our group message and other stuff. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, those are the things um, that definitely have to be in place. And I also, in, in the past when I've worked with clients in video, um, I actually kind of go through like a return on investment or at least to set that mm. expectation as to when you can expect to see a return or a result. And I think from time to time, it's like we put the video out there and then don't really track and measure if we actually cross that finish line. So it's like the whole purpose is like to understand where is it I'm trying to go and how do I know that I've got there? Gotten that, yeah, that's a really good point. I also noticed too that we would make videos and they would almost like sit on the shelf, like you know, sit on the shelf in the library and we would we would forget. So I think one of the other cool things is like you might have content that you've created in the past that you could actually go back and use again. Like just because you used it or you're kind of tired of seeing it, it's new to someone who's new to you or maybe someone in your audience hasn't seen it. It's very likely they have not. Yeah. I mean, I venture to say a ton of businesses and entrepreneurs are just sitting on content, um, myself included. I'm not excluded from that either. I mean, there's like, you know, banks of thing, even if you go back to interviews you've done or 
um, other pieces of content you put on the past or um, or just the ones that you started to do on your phone, but then thought, oh, that's probably not good enough or for whatever reason you didn't share it. Like, I think we all are sitting around with that. But again, going back to the point, it's like if we know the purpose of it, then also knowing how it's going to be promoted and how it's going to be seen is like just as important. Yeah. I also think it's important when you're thinking about your budget, you should really think holistically about the budget you have for creation of that video, but also promoting it. Like you just to create it is one thing, but are you going to be able to spend some money to get it out there as well? So thinking about this project from a, from a larger perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even if, even if uh, a company doesn't have the budget, let's say to put behind a, you know, heavy ad promotion or something like that, even still at least knowing the intent of where it's going to be, where are people going to see it, right? So having that promotion plan for, yep, this video is going to live on all of these platforms, um, or it might be different on one platform than another, but, you know, you have the plan and you know what to, you know, what to do, how to execute it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to get your take on, like, what quality should we be looking for in a vendor? I, I, I can think back to what I was looking for when I was hiring, um, but what what's really important to be, you know, looking for? I, obviously, professionalism and, and integrity, someone who's capable of doing what they say they can do, but what are some of those qualities that you think are really important for clients to be looking for? I think that I think that you can really judge that by the types of questions your vendor asks you. Hmm. If they're coming with questions like, all right, when do you need this by? How many videos is this? How long is each video, right? Can you give me a description? And it's like that. You can almost like kind of see where that's going to go. But if a vendor is actually asking you, how is this impacting your business? Where is this going to live? How many viewers need to see this, right? What's the, who is the audience? If they're asking you those questions, then you're likely dealing with a professional or someone who is more of a quality vendor, just mm. because they ask you certain questions and the questions are not even going to generally be about the video per se. If that person as a, as a service provider can also just like dive in to understand your business, that is like gold as well. <laughs> not yeah. just like being an order taker. I mean, for us as creatives, we don't really, it's, it's a, it's a challenge for us because we're just used to doing the work. But mm -hmm. to actually sit and talk and understand someone's business takes an, another type of conversation. And I think that those questions that they ask are a big indicator of the quality of the vendor. That's gold right there, what you just said. I think that's amazing because it is true. Anybody can say, oh, you need a 30 second video. You need a one minute video. You're going to need two clips for social media. That's the end of it. Um, and I've worked really closely with Tim before. And, and one of the things that he always did for me was he helped me also think of the things that I wasn't even thinking of. So I had in my head, oh, this is what I need or I think I need. And he was really able to say, right, but also what about these other things? And I think when you're a creative person and you've worked with so many clients, you have that kind of experience that the client themselves, like they don't even know what they need or what they what mm -hmm. they want. So I'm sure you've, you've had that similar experience, like helping the client yeah. really expand what's even possible. Yeah, I've had a, a, a number of people I talked to like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that or how this video connects to also my recruiting process or, you know, just helping people uh, uh, connect the dots is really important. So I love that in vendors that I work with and I try to extend that to my clients as well, just to be that support, the, 
hey, you know, I'm an expert at what I'm doing. So there's going to be some things that you don't see, but I do because this is my world. And mm -hmm. have you considered this? Have you considered that? Um, I think that's also part of it too. And uh, another thing for a vendor uh, I, I like to look for is how they communicate their expertise. Mm, okay. Say more about that. That's cool. Yeah. Because, and I'm learning this more as a creative myself and making some shifts and I'm realizing that it's, you know, to do a video, any, everybody, there's so many people who can do a video, right? Yeah. But if mm -hmm. you're able to actually like articulate and break down your way of doing it, it actually sets you apart as, as a vendor. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also I think reassures the client as well, because, you know, it's, it's different if I say I'm a video producer for HVAC companies in the Southwest, you know, like that kind of expertise. So anyway, when they're able to articulate that, that's really big. And that also, I think, falls into what kind of content they're sharing and producing. To mm -hmm. me, that also, um, to me, communicates the, not only the professionalism of, of, the, of the firm, but also that they're actively doing this. This is their expertise and so much so that they're taking the time to create content about it. So they must yeah. know what they do, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good point. And it's like anyone can make a video, video right? Like there's so many, not anyone, not me, but any so many vendors out there can do this, but why would I choose you or, or someone right. like Tim to work with? And I also think it's important to have a connection with the person you're yeah. going to be working with. Like, like Tim and I would go on shoots in the middle of the summer. It would be a hundred degrees. We would shoot all day. Like that's a high tension stress kind of a situation. <laughs> and you need to be working with someone who like you like enough <laughs> to be there all day. And when, when plans change last minute, like how are they going to react to it? So I think it's certainly about communicating, you know, what they're great at, but also like, can they, are you connecting with them? Do you feel comfortable exactly. with this person? Do you feel like you can give constructive criticism, which sometimes is necessary in that environment? So how important is that to you? Like the relationship or that kind of, uh, we we hit it off um, when selecting a vendor and when you're picking a client, right? <laughs> yeah, there's so many things that come into play because like you said, you don't want to, it's going to be a time intensive project, whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> you have to spend some intense amount of time with this person or, or with their team or whatever. And that connection really is important. And I think that's where honesty comes in. Mm -hmm. So as a vendor, if a vendor actually tells you, hey, you don't even need me, you don't need this that you thought that you needed. Oh, yeah. People, like they, they really respond to that. So if as, as vendors, if we're able to be honest, and just really look out for the person, like put your stuff aside, you know, the fact that you're trying to sell something or whatever, and really just be there to help the person. And I think that that comes out in honesty, you know, like when the person says, oh, I can save you money. Actually, you don't even need this. You just mm -hmm. need that. Yeah. You know? I think too, that helps with the kind of the long-term play. Like if, if you can help me on one project, when the next project comes around in six months or a year, like you're my go-to person because I trust that you had my best interest and my budget uh, in mind that last time. So I think that's a really, a really good point. Um, speaking of the relationships, I, I would imagine you feel the same, that it's important to develop these relationships and think of them as a long-term opportunity because 
what I always found is in marketing, if I had to have a new vendor every three oh months, I was constantly explaining, well, this is our history and this is what we do and this is why it matters. But, you know, when I was working with, with Tim over the years, I didn't have to explain that every time mm -hmm. we had a new project, he already knew. And he was also able to pull, you know, footage from past projects and really had a library of things. So how important is that longevity from your perspective? You know, just like what you said, just being able to call that person up if you need, like you said, stuff that's in a library or someone who can just be there. Like those, those are that's a benefit of having someone for long term versus for the short term. And um, and it also helps to just continue with the the foundation of the relationship you already built with them. Mm -hmm. It just it just continues to grow. And I think I find that to be beneficial for for both parties. Um, yeah. Because the vendor, they're going to feel supported. There's one thing as a freelancer or a business owner, like we know it's uh, if you just have one client here and there and you have to constantly find clients, it puts a stress on the creative ability of that vendor. Yeah. So, you know, it also is a benefit to look at something in the long term. You're going to get the, in my opinion, the best uh, experience and the best execution overall. And that vendor is going to help you find solutions that are custom tailored to you. Mm. Right. So. Um, like what you just mentioned with like a library, like most, uh, if, you know, if you work with somebody long-term, they should of course keep a, a pretty decent log of all of the things that they've captured and what they've done. But beyond that, they can think forward for you. They can, you know, actually start to connect the dots and say, oh my God, this would be easier to do. So let's get this in place. And now, you know, you have another solution that makes it even better, but they may not have seen it if they were just a one-term, you know, one-time uh, project. Hmm. That brings up a whole nother uh, couple of points there I think we should talk about because if I'm thinking about the future, right? So maybe I don't have a huge budget right now, but I'm trying to build out my, my library in the future. How do you help clients think through like, okay, this is what we could do now, but let's do it almost as if we're building a foundation of a house, right? We don't want to, you know, build a house on a rocky foundation. So how do you go about working with clients to figure out, you know, this isn't a project for just now, but what, what we can really do together long-term. Yeah. I have a client right now that I work with on a yearly basis. So we actually plan out our objectives per quarter. So I have like a quarterly plan with them and mm -hmm. typically, and the whole point is yes, to build a library, but it's very specific what the needs are from quarter to quarter. And so, um, so I'm, I'm finding that, that that arrangement is just so much better and we're able to really dive into specific goals and to sort of, and what, what I did as well for each quarter is we look at um, what are the themes, what are the the main objectives and goals they have, and then mm -hmm. what are the themes of the content that we can create? That way, when it comes to being creative, you're not limited. It's just like, and you have an idea that yes, could work, but what bucket does this fall under? Mm -hmm. You know, to what end, to what objective? So like, for example, this quarter, we're focused on uh, interviews with some of their, because this is an apprentice <clears throat> program okay. for coding. And so their students, like we have a segment to highlight them so we did some profiles on the students, which will help in their objective with um, really allowing people to see what happens in an apprentice apprenticeship. So it's that that's how I like to work with them is, is looking, uh, again, that bird's eye view to say, yep, there's a lot of content we can do. There's a lot of ideas that make sense. But how do we categorize them and then mm -hmm. prioritize them to hit the objectives for that term? Yeah, yeah. How important is it to keep your 
your video files and your your libraries we're talking about organized. I mean, I just feel like that's such a big missed opportunity that a lot of businesses miss out on. It's huge. <laughs> just like anything <laughs> else, like when it comes to note taking and, you know, when you've got all these note, like for me, I have my notebooks, I have my iPad, I have my uh, notes app, all these things that probably should be organized a little bit better. <laughs> but when it's all over the place, you know, it's it's super tough to find it when you need it. Yep. And I think that's the, the biggest benefit of having something that is organized um, to where you can easily go and retrieve your retrieve your assets. The other thing yeah. too is that um, I've had clients in the past literally waste money on more videos to film when they already had it done before. They just didn't know where it was. Yes. <laughs> it was on yeah. somebody's drive somewhere. So now you're paying for it again, you know? Yeah, definitely. So if you're, you know, newer in business or you have a small company or a small budget, like what is that first video that you would recommend? If you have someone who says, I want a video, what does that look like? And how do you help people with that? And they're just getting started? Yeah. Hmm. It, de it depends on the person, but the first thing that came to mind was just personalized videos. Hmm. Sending one-on-one -on -one videos to people because that's really the foundation. If you're able to speak one-on-one -on -one and carry a connection over video one-on-one, -on -one, just with one person seeing it, um, then that's what you can build on in terms of a foundation for your next videos. And again, it depends on the business itself. That's like uh, a tough question, but I like sure. to start there with like, what's going to be the most impactful video that you can do? Yeah. What's yeah. It's going to make the, 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 and also be a, a good bang for your buck too. You know, either you can be uh, doing it yourself and I help people show them how to do that, or they can work with the team to help them get sort of these core pieces that they need, that they need in place. Yeah. Um, you know, some way to attract people, um, some content and I don't know, it's just, it depends on their business, all the different stages of course that there are, but I always like to start with like, just do something one-on-one -on -one and then build on that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so going back to some of these qualities we're talking about, one of the things that I always valued in a, in, a, in a vendor was them being flexible. And I'm sure that's kind of a thing that vendors don't love to hear. So I'd love your, your honest take on mm. that because our schedule was really changing and I hated doing it. Like I did not want to be the person who changed the schedule, but inevitably it would be thunderstorming and we had to yeah. days or we had to move inside and we had planned to be outside that day. So, you know, I would, I would always look with people and Tim to his, his compliments to Tim, he was really flexible with me, but I also want to be respectful of your time and not being disruptive of your schedule. Like I, I know that if I have to cancel my day because it's a thunderstorm, I might not be able to work with you for another couple of weeks. So like, how does, how does flexibility play into that? And is that an, an important thing people should be looking for? I think so, especially if you're looking for a long-term partner to have, like you said, where you're not looking for the next videographer and the next vendor every three months, right? If this is something long-term, <laughs> then there's a relationship that's there. And I think that flexibility is, is huge. And the flexibility is needed on our end too, <laughs> you know, as the vendors. I mean, if we get delayed on something or for some reason, like a, a drive blows up or a computer goes down or something yes. like that, like these are really freak out moments for, you know, for creatives, at least for me, I have so much, you know, anxiety about like something shuts down. Oh my God, you know, 
but um, it's just part of the world, you know, and to be flexible on both ends is like super important. So just as flexible as you want them to be <laughs> as your vendor, be willing to also be as, you know, be flexible as well, you know, and I think it's just a reciprocated respect that can be there from the beginning. Yeah, respect is huge. And I think we can actually talk about that yes. for a minute because I was always trying to be, I mean, I'm, I try to be respectful in all walks of life, but also like you're essentially, when you, you are asked to give feedback, right? You're essentially saying, critique my work of art and tell me what changes you want made. And that was always tough. Like I would always feel bad about saying, Ugh, like, but I really need this part changed, or I would love for this to be a little bit different. So can you speak to how, you know, what's a good way for people to give you that feedback? And how can you, I mean, of course, be kind and, and, and respectful when you do it. But like, what are some tips for giving great feedback? Yeah, it's just with any other feedback or like criticism, right? Because that's essentially what's going on. Um, I, it, I, I learned it as the sandwich or Oreo method where yeah. you got like the good, what needs to change and wrap it up with, you know, something else that's appreciative. To me, that's usually the best feedback. And as a vendor, I know that when I also send out, let's say a draft or something to be done, I also try to frame the mindset of my client too, to where they can approach it with the right. So I, I ask certain questions, not just like, hmm. hey, give me your thoughts. It's like, hey, tell me what you like about this. And feel free to also add any other changes, you know, or what other things you would like to see different, if anything. Mm -hmm. um, but the, but yes, so th that communication is, is also important, I think, from the vendor, but then from, from the client's perspective, you know, it is sometimes, uh, you know, as a creator, yeah, you do put together this piece of work that you worked really hard on and somebody says, I don't like it. Yeah. That's also, <laughs> that's part of the growth of being a creative or anybody who puts their soul into something and then it's not well received for whatever reason. Yeah. And it can be crushing. It is going to be crushing. I'm still crushed when I get the Oreo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> so um, it's just it's just part of it. But essentially, as long as there's respect at the end of the day, I've had mm -hmm. some encounters that. I mean, I'm probably close to like, I would need to go to a counselor or something because it's like a PTSD moment of just uh. humiliation and, you know, you know, with another, per you know, another team member there and all of that. It just, it was horrible. I had never been talked to like that in my life and it wasn't mm -hmm. even like called for. <laughs> so it's just things like that, you know, at the end of the day, just be respectful and know that the creative is really, they care about their work and, um, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't get what you want as a client, right? You still are meant to speak up and get what you want. Um, and then always sort of go back. That's the, here's the last thing I'll say about that. Always as a client, go back to uh, what the original plan was and the objective for that video. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes client get caught up in things that honestly do not matter. It would land the same on the viewer with this picture in it versus that to me, you know, and I'm not like a super A-B tester and all that. However, I just know what, you know, what, what works and what lands for the types of clients I've worked with. And yeah. generally they ask for changes that doesn't fully matter in the end to, you know, for, for the creative, of course, but it matters to them. But I always um, try to make sure that in my communication as a vendor, that we 
can revisit what the purpose and the original intent of this was and what mm. we decided was going to be what this and if and if what if what we're looking at after like three revisions i mean this is like can go on and on let's go back to the objective right what are we missing that you know got us off course to this point because we've been following this path yeah so sometimes the client just needs to go back oh yeah this actually does checked off that objective and does it really well, but we yeah. were talking about it. So it's, um, yeah, I highly recommend, like, just go back to what it was too and and, uh, and know that the creative is working really hard. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that brings me into another thing I was thinking about was just boundaries, right? And understanding, like, how many rounds of revisions do you yes. get? How quickly do you need to get those revisions back? Like, mm -hmm. I just think it's really important for the vendor in this case to set those boundaries, one, to manage the, the client's yeah. expectations, but two, again, I want to be respectful. I want to get it back to you in a timely fashion. I want to have everyone on my team weigh in at this at one time to so give you <laughs> one round of feedback. Because inevitably, even in the office, it would be like, "Here's my edits. Here's this other person at this other person's edits." Don't make the vendor figure it out, right? Like internally, oh give the vendor one set of um, changes from your entire company. Like, don't mm -hmm. make don't put them in that position. And I'm I'm sure you've been there, but like, what are some other boundaries that maybe I'm not I'm not thinking of? Um, that's that's definitely one for sure. Um, the other boundary, I guess, going back to respect, also is uh, is is the trust in the vendor. Hmm. Nobody likes to be in contract on a project and being told what they being told what to do, what they've been doing for like decades. You know what I yeah, mean? Definitely. Having that person that comes in and just says that. So I think on both ends, just having that boundary of like um, just understanding how and who will make um, decisions. Mm, I know that's some a really creatives. Good point. Yeah, I, I know some creatives that just. They say, all right, if you're going to work with me to do a video, I'm going to do the video and whatever I send you is it because this is tested and, you know, tried and blah, blah, blah. So it is what it is. There's really okay. not any feedback for or room for revisions like that. And then in other cases, there are, you know, so it, it's it's all different. But, uh, you know, it, to me, if someone is being hired as an expert, I want them to be in the expertise. Mm hmm. And I think that's another boundary that needs to be there for from the vendor's perspective. And that usually shows up in how they frame the calls, how they frame the entire customer experience. Um, but from the client as well, like know that you signed up and signed the dotted line and paid that price for someone else to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that also includes certain aspects of it where if it's just understood, I think it'll, um, you know, and the boundaries are in place, the client express what is it that you need to be a part of this collaboration, you know? Yeah, collaboration is really a, a key word there. You're right, because I'm hiring you to help me with probably an, an avenue that I'm not as strong at, but then I also need to be willing to kind of give up a little bit and, and release some of that and say, yeah, I really have to trust you that you know best in that, in that space. Yeah, especially if, and because I, I got to a point in my business where I was just tired of guessing. Mm. And that's what pushed me over into just investing into a higher vendor or a higher cook, whatever, because um, I just knew it's like, you know what, I just need to hire somebody who just knows this yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to like be involved that, that much, except just to collaborate, you know? 
So exactly, exactly. And I think it's a really cool process. Like when you're able to actually collaborate with a vendor, it's a really cool process. I think you can create something absolutely amazing. But yeah, without that respect and without that ability to kind of have a little back and forth and really, you know, advance the, the final product, I think that's really so important. Yeah. And the vendor should make it feel collaborative as well. I think, I think that's like the best scenario. You don't want to be a dictator coming into somebody's business. Mm. Like this is what we're doing, da, 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 unless that's what you got paid to do. Otherwise it, you always will win when you have people on board. Right. And yeah. everybody is collaborating and feels like their ideas are appreciated and they're um, considered and all of that. You know what I mean? So I think it, it's also up to the vendor to create that environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, any other qualities before we move on? I want to kind of get into some of the questions we should be asking, but what other qualities do you think are really important to the, to the client? Um, the only other thing that I can, that came to mind was just their track record, mm. you know, so just saying um, who they have worked with or, um, you know, what their testimonials are, you know, who's recommended them that kind of thing. I mean, you don't have to go super, super deep into that stuff, but I think it's always just good to know that before they talk to you, they've done this before and it was successful yeah. <laughs> to some degree. You know, I think that that's uh, an important quality too. Yeah. I also think on that point, it's good to know like their style, like how, how does the aesthetic look of the videos that they shoot? Cause mm -hmm. if you don't like their general style, well, chances are they're not going to make a video that looks completely different for you. Like that's their style. That's how they shoot. So I do think that's a really good point. Like check it out, check out their website, check out their brand, check out what they value. What are they all about? And then saying, yeah, this, this fits and aligns with my brand. Also, I'm, I'm going to move forward. But yeah, I think that's actually a step that's missed a lot, especially if someone recommends someone to you, like that's great, but it should also be something that you feel comfortable with. Right. Right. And checking out the, like you said, their portfolio, what work they have done. I mean, because style is is also really important. And I that's one thing I've been stressing with anybody who works with a videographer or creative. It's like you have to be, if you have a vision, especially for something, mm -hmm. and you see something a certain way, you as a client really should uh, develop the skill, especially if you have to do this often, you know, and you're always working in getting creative things getting creative things done is to just learn how to communicate exactly that vision as clearly as possible. Mm -hmm. And because then you're more likely to get it. And um, it's kind of like this analogy. I remember somebody telling me about, it was like, you want to be so specific. It's like you're shooting an arrow and you're aiming for a button, right? Oh. Not, the jacket, not the body aim for the button. So the more specific you can be with the vision, you might mm -hmm. hit the, you know, you might be a little bit off from the button, but you'll hit the body is the point. Mm, I love so that. The, the more detailed you can be and learn how to communicate those details, um, you know, might require learning about a little bit about video, especially if you've been doing it a while or whatever the, the thing is you're asking for. But, mm -hmm. but the vendor should also be able to help and guide you also if you're not as familiar. But point yeah. being is like, just know and be able to articulate as best as you can what it is that you want, kind of like from the notebook. What do you want? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Um, 
So that's a really good point. So if I have trouble articulating, because sometimes I actually don't know what something's called or like a style, like I can't really express that. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I always did was create a Google Drive folder and I just put in ideas, like things I like, and I would try to be descriptive if I could with why. Like I like the colors of this. I like the aesthetic of this. I like the music. I like how fast paced it is. I like... Um, this messaging, you know, I think it's important to really think about like, yeah, you said, what do you want? Um, <laughs> and if you're having trouble knowing what you want, because that can be a challenge is to just kind of open your mind up and just be out there. And when you see a video you like, you know, take a copy of it, take a take yeah. a screenshot or, or photos and put it in this sort of idea folder to give to future vendors, because it, it is it's, you know what you like, and what you don't like, but sometimes it's very hard to express that. I often found, I often knew what I didn't like, but yeah. I didn't necessarily know what I did like. <laughs> so I think just, it'll help you kind of learn and 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 uh, kind of start to understand what's important to you to begin with before you even start looking for a vendor. Yeah, that's huge. Like you said, um, being able to look at other pieces and, and find out what you do like. Mm -hmm. And it may be that a component from here a component from this video and a component from that video is really, you know, what you're trying to convey and say, I like the colors of this. I like the way the camera moved on this because it seemed like it was faster paced. Mm -hmm. And I just love the music. The music is what gets me on this. So now you have sort of the components that you can communicate to a creative who's going to take that and get you that vision dead on as opposed to, hey, I'm looking for something that's upbeat and, you know, feels good and blah, blah, blah. You know, just these... <laughs> very unclear descriptions, you're not going to get very far and likely might be frustrated. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Or surprised. <laughs> yeah. So those are great qualities. I wrote down about 10 of them to put into the show notes because I think we, we covered really a lot of good things there. So let's shift gears a little bit. Now, what questions should we be prepared to ask? And then alternatively, what questions should we be prepared to answer? So let's start with, you know, what questions should we be asking? I mean, I, to me, it was always important to understand, like, what's the timeline, right? How quickly can I hire you, book you, you know, mm -hmm. get this video back? So I always thought, like, timeline was probably one of the most important questions that the uh that the client certainly could bring up if i needed something at a certain date i have to tell you that and make sure that that works you know within your your ability um what are some other great questions that the you think that the the client hmm. should be asking hmm. um i think that the the client could be asking, I mean, you know, general questions, of course, about the pricing to understand um, what's going to happen. I think also, too, if the client can ask about, well, I guess it depends. I mean, you know, they're probably going to ask questions about the process, too. I think that's important to ask, like, how, mm. do, how do you work? Um, you know, how many people are working on your team? Am I just dealing with you or are there other people that I'm going to be talking to? Like, I, I presume that the questions that the client asks are going to be really tailored around what they need to be a good client. <laughs> yeah. If you think yeah. of it that way, like if I want to be a really good client and for this to be successful, what do I need? And I think that will help to generate the questions too. So yeah. on a communication end, if there's going to be, I don't know, like I said, emails or talking to multiple people. You know, if that's a challenge for you as a client, then ask up front, how can that, how is that, how is that structured? And then how I can contribute. 
Yeah, the communication thing is huge because I think what is often missed is like, is it okay if I text you at nine o'clock at night? Would you prefer a phone call at noon or does email work for you? Like, how do you want to do this? Or are we setting up a Slack channel to communicate? Like, what? how physically are we going mm -hmm. to talk to each other? And I think it's also up to the client and the vendor to figure out together, like, what's appropriate? Like, I honestly had a vendor, this was, this was not Tim, um, but I had someone cancel a video shoot on me once at midnight for the next day. Whoa. And what was and, the reason? And it was a text message. Um, I can't, I think it was like a family emergency, which I completely, okay, yeah, I completely understood. Um, but yeah, it was like, you know, something that I was like, oh my gosh, like, I guess that was the right way to handle that in that case. But, you know, is it appropriate to text you my edits at midnight? Probably not. Yeah. So like, definitely not. I shouldn't say probably, definitely not. Um, so, you know, I think understanding how the, 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 the vendor wants to be communicated with and at what time intervals throughout the day is certainly really appropriate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And really at the end of the day, there should be an agreement between both people with the questions that are being asked, which mm -hmm. are like, what are the terms of this? What is the scope and what's the price? Like mm -hmm. there's a clarity on those, you know, the questions also, I think serve to, to help that. So any questions you might have about that, you know, get, crystal clear. Yeah, I think the scope of work is is so critical. And it's, it's painful how many times I've seen that single document just missed or just done sort of casually, right? So I always wanted in writing how many, and you said earlier, like, maybe it's not great to ask how many videos or how much time or like, I think looking at the big picture when you're deciding what to work on is totally the right move. But once you get to the point of, okay, now we are in agreement on what we are going to produce, it's actually time to get really crystal clear. Like we're gonna do a 45 second you know, video. We're gonna do a 15 second for Instagram. Like this is what you're going to get. And then sign those documents. Because if I think you're making me six videos and I get one, I'm disappointed. But oh, if yeah. we were on the same page, like the room for disappointment dramatically reduces when you've got a paper document that really clearly outlined the deliverables. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. That's so key is just to have that, um, that clarity up front. 100% and to, and I, and, I, and I think that that also falls on more of the responsibility of the vendor to communicate that and to set those parameters, of course, but it's everything. And that's yeah. what I say, at, at any point there's an issue, we go back to that. Yeah, It is yeah. very easy to get lost and to be like, oh, this is what we're supposed to get. You know what, let's go back and see what it was. Like, and I became yep. so adamant about just keeping record of, all emails, all correspondence, you know, just to really, it's, it's just about the accountability, you know, yeah, and, and, and being accountable to each other and what, what said we were going to do. Absolutely. Um, before we go into kind of what we should be prepared to answer, are there any other questions that you think uh, clients should be asking? Um, I think it would be a great question for them to ask to the vendor. How can I be a great client? You know, I love that. Like, what can I do to be a great client? Great. Now, on the flip side of that, what questions do you ask clients that clients need to be prepared with? So I know one of the things that I often got complimented on was, oh, wow, Sarah, you have like your brand, your fonts, your logos, your photos, your images, like your content 
ready. Like I just built a, a, a library of things that I could share with vendors, you know, at the click mm -hmm. of a button. Mm -hmm. And so people would say, gather all those assets and get them to us. And I was able to do that in a few minutes yeah. um, because I had it already built, you know, that was something I knew I was going to get asked for over and over, like a press kit, basically. So what are some of those things that clients really should be prepared with that's going to help everybody get this thing launched successfully? I think that the client definitely needs to ask questions centered around like, or sorry, be ready to answer questions that, that pertain to their goals. Mm, right. Yes. And being able yeah. to say, you know, because what I found too is like, depending on the vendor that you're talking to, money should come up in the conversation sooner than later. Mm -hmm. And when it does come up as a client, you want to be prepared to know like, okay, this is what we did in revenue. Like actually look at where you're at and bring that to the conversation. Even if you maybe don't share it, um, you know, or disclose everything, at least you're there and you're ready to answer those questions about what you did last month or what, what has been significant to your growth at this point in time. You know, mm -hmm. so that way the vendor can just have, again, a very full picture of the business altogether. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's smart. And you're right. Even if you don't share specifics, I think it's important exercise for you to do to understand, well, how, you know, ROI, how is this going to work? Um, that's a really important thing to do before you involve someone from the outside, certainly. Um, yeah. I also think that budget conversation should happen pretty quickly. I agree with you. I, I can't tell you how many times we sort of waited and we did this dance of like, well, how much is it? Well, how much do you charge? Well, how much? Is and it's just like, let's just cut to the chase and save sure. everybody time here. Like if, if this is a $40,000 thing I want, but my budget is four, let's move on with our lives and, you know, find someone um, more at the level that you're at to work with. So, you know, how quickly do you think it's appropriate to say like, this is my budget or you say what you charge? I think again, at so much, falls on the vendor <laughs> to do some of this. But um, if the vendor really is best positioned to bring up the price first and to do it early, um, and that's something I'm learning because I used to do it, of course, typically at the end of the conversation, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about money. But now right at the start, um, as you start talking about the project to say, well, all right, great. Now, before we continue, this is my starting rate. Is that okay with you? Cause I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or have some sort of reference where it's put out there and then, you know, that way you're not wasting each other's time. Like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How much um, do you rely on the client to, to, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but like to know what they want, to know their brand, to know their colors, you know, all that kind of stuff, their voice, like how much do you want a client to bring that to you versus how much do you help them create that if they don't have it already? Uh, you know, it, to me, it just depends on the the business, the size of the business and, and their budget as well. So typically, you know, a budget of let's say 500 bucks or less or a thousand or less, you're more than likely going to be the one to really have to drive, in my opinion, the vision and what you, what you want exactly. Mm -hmm. But once you start paying um, more premium rates for the work that you're that you're getting done, you you should expect that there's less that you have to bring to the table because you're paying for you know more of that value that comes from that vendor's expertise, their research, their team, right? Mm -hmm. So many other resources they're pulling from to do a lot of that, um, helping you to determine that. Yeah. Right. What yeah. the vision should be. So it, it, it definitely depends, but I, I, I prefer 
uh, I definitely prefer because I love strategy and sort of like being in that creative mode. So I love just give me the problem. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's where most vendors are going to be. It's like, give me the problem. What have you done before? Right. So when you go back to what questions you should be prepared to answer, that's one. Yeah. What yeah. have you done before to address this this challenge? And um, and I think knowing that is is really, really important. And the vendor can take that and again, look at solving the problem, not yeah. just not just, you know, ticking off a video. Yeah, that might be one of the best things you said today. Like, what is the problem? And, and being being clear on that, you know, back to what's the goal? What are we trying to solve? We're not making video because it's it's cute and it's nice and it's Monday. Like, we're making it for a specific reason. And it has to be able to convert and return that that investment back to you. So yeah. I think that's great. Um, I would love to wrap up by giving you a chance to share with what you're up to with people. Because in the video space and the creative space, I mean, you're just doing amazing work. Work right now with with your organization. So, do you want to take a couple of minutes to explain like what you're up to because it's so exciting? Yes, absolutely. So, the name of the company, as I've already shared with you guys on the podcast before, is Thirty Six Thousand Feet, and I love that Jeff helped me come up with that. Uh, well, he inspired that, and a, a number of other things. But I'm really excited what we're up to now because it's really about. It's like this infu this fusion of like video, course production, and marketing, like all in one. So our specialization, like I'm kind of like putting this flag in the ground to say this is my territory and this is what I'm going to build, is working with authors who are like really high impact authors and helping create companion online courses that supplement and drive even more sales from their books. So that's our specialty, but uh, it's I, I I'm so excited about it. It's just because I love books and um, I love reading and I love connecting with with these people. And so it's it's going to be a lot of fun to get into this. And we've already got uh, one course that we've made that's complimented a book who is a trauma specialist. And wow. and we have uh, a few more that we're going to be doing this year before the year's out. So yeah, really it's exciting. really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What about you? What do you what do you have going on? Well, and I wanted to say I, I did read a book that actually had a course that went with it. And I cannot tell you the value of I just learned the content and I essentially consumed it twice because mm -hmm. it, it was quite repetitive. I read it and then I watched a video, but it was amazing to me how much more I learned because I like I, I got it twice and I got it in two different modalities. So yes. I think if, if you're an author, if you have course content to be shared with the world, like the video is a really amazing way to get that message out, but also reinforce like everybody learns in different ways and not everyone reads. Now I read and consume video to, to have that like one, two punch is really ama amazing for me. So I think it's a really cool opportunity for authors and, and people to get to work with Parshall for sure. Yes, thank you. Enhance that book you're writing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you because people want, you know, what what people are signing up for when they get onto an online course is really about the accountability to get the result. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's about the transformation, but like you said, you can read a book and get a transformation, but if you have the accountability or at least that additional support through it, which in your case went from you reading the author to mm -hmm. now like watching them and going through their course. I mean, yeah. it just deepens the learning. 
and you're that much more likely to get to the get to the result because they've extended to you a system to follow that keeps you accountable to it. I mean, it's just powerful. I, I love it. And they can make a whole lot more money than they can just from the book sales alone, too. That's a that's a really good point. Actually, I didn't even think about that. But the author, there you go. I hope we have some authors listening and uh, listening in today. Um, that's awesome. So, as we usually wrap up the podcast, like, what are you into right now? How and how was your trip? Oh my gosh, my trip was amazing. I don't know if you'll be able to see my tan line. Hold on, can you see that? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, like that's great. The objective was just to soak up some as much sun as possible. So, <laughs> so and you was- did it. Yes. Um, and that, that was great. Yeah. You know, what I'm into right now is just writing. I'm committing to uh, writing more often every day, 30 minutes just to get it in. And I'm actually starting to enjoy it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't that bad. So uh, I'm really into that right now and just, you know, learning how to stay consistent with that for sure. Yeah, what about you? I love it. I love it. I will. Speaking of the consistency, I just, it took me a while to read and I, it shouldn't have, I just kind of kept not coming back to it and putting it down, but I was reading Atomic Habits mm-hmm. and it, speaking of that, like, you know, 30 minutes to write every day and uh, time to do these things that are really important to you. So I have a, I have a big corporate training coming up on Wednesday actually. And so I just was wrapping up the the content for them. And I think one of the biggest things is to, to have that time on your calendar to get your goals done. If it's writing, if it's reading, if it's calling your mom every day, like whatever it is, it's just so important to get it on your calendar. And so I think what I'm into is trying to help people do what you're doing partial and like reach your goals and, and, and find time in your day by prioritizing what's really important to you. So mm. that's what I'm into. <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's very cool. I love that. So productive. Yep. It really is. So thank you so much to everyone who joined us today. This was a great conversation about video. If you're interested in doing video, definitely reach out to Parshall. Also, I know she's on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram and things all the time. So I'm sure she'd be happy to answer questions that people have. Um, In the meantime, we are the Heroic Council. We live stream every Monday and you can tune in at 2 p.m. Eastern time where we talk about work and we answer all of your questions. Um, Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform on YouTube. Join us in the Facebook group and all of this can be found at the heroic superhero institute.org slash heroic. So all the links will be in the show notes. So that is it for today. Thank you, Parshall. And thank you to everyone who joined us. Thank you, Sarah. This was great.